Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Welcome, Sky community. Welcome back to another episode of Sky Women. Today, I have a special guest with us, Miss um, Madison Gotzi, who is a third-year medical student at the Texas College of Osteopathic Medicine. And she's one of my favorite people this month because she's been really my right hand. Uh, we've had a lot of fun uh, learning about women's health. Why don't you introduce yourself and kind of tell us what um, excited you about coming to work at Sky? Okay, yeah. Hi, guys. Uh, my name's Madison. And what really drew me to Dr. Moyers and the whole practice was her authenticity and just reading on the website, her little quote of like, you get the kids to bed, you put your hair in a bun, you got your glasses on and like your best friends talking about vagina so much. And like, it's great. Like, that's what your OB should be where you're comfortable. Like you feel like there's no judgment and it's just a conversation between friends. So I really like that. Yeah. Well, you know, that story actually comes from real life because whenever I first went into practice, I was in small town, Texas, and I had the loveliest young mom who was across the street from me. And that's exactly what we do. (laughs) I walk across, you know, like we'd be on the sidewalk giving, you know, chatting or one of us would go to the Edwin's house and, you know, it was like hair up, retainer in or (laughs) glasses on, popcorn in tow. So I love it. Yes. So the other thing that we found interesting was that you had read Half the Sky. And mm-hmm. if any of you have listened early on to like our first episode in 2010, I was the first year attending and I read Half the Sky. And this book tells accounts of young girls who are abducted, forced into prostitution, rape survivors, a lack of priority of education of women globally, just horrific retellings of maternal mortality and genital mutilation and subsequent like fistulas and things that Mm. happened because of this mistreatment. And I mean, it was just like eye opening and I've always kind of held that dear. And that's kind of where our practice comes from that Chinese proverb um, in the book um, that women hold up half the sky. So you read this book and you actually went abroad to serve. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I read this book in high school and it completely changed my world. And I was like, I have to go somewhere in the world and meet these women and hear stories like this. So in college, I went to Kenya and I worked with an OBGYN there and I heard stories from women of horrible situations like rape and things that they were dealing with. And it was just so revolutionary to me how they were still so kind and they were still persevering despite having dealt with so many things. And in that moment, I was hooked and I was like, women are so cool. (laughs) I'm so strong. They're so strong and amazing. And I want to do everything I can with all of my science background and nerding out to help them be empowered and live a healthier life. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I have no doubt that you're going to be an awesome OB-GYN and we're going to miss you next week when you're <laughs> medicine or whatever you're doing, um, because we all know that OB-GYN is the best. Yes. All right. So Today, this topic is brought to you by Madison because this kind student doctor was very curious about the pain of being a woman and all of the different types of pain that we endure through womanhood, which we always kind of tease that like if men had to go through this, there would be a, you know, a lot of sedatives for the things that we go through. <laughs> so why don't you take it away? Okay. Yeah. So I was really interested in this topic because 
like Dr. Morris was saying, like women go through a lot of things that are super painful and having gone through rotations this year, I've seen patients get an IUD and handle it like a champ and other people are like in tears crying at the pain. And so I was really interested on what we can do as providers to help better control pain. And also just to inform patients that some things are going to be painful and how to advocate for yourself to get proper pain care. So I was just kind of doing some research on what is pain. So it's completely subjective, meaning that everyone's going to feel things differently. Mm -hmm. So IUDs can be completely fine for some people and other people you're in the chair crying, but pain is just a general unpleasant sensory and emotional experience that can be associated with like actual or potential tissue damage. And so it can be brought on by a bunch of factors, um, inflammation, infection, or any other chronic medical conditions. And just anticipating pain because so mm-hmm. the mind-body connection is a huge thing as well, right? Mm-hmm. So as one person may be extremely anxious about the procedure and tensing the muscles and subsequently having more pain versus someone who's able to do, you know, like, I mean, let's just look at like childbirth, right? Yeah. Some people are able to do their breathing techniques with their doula and their midwife and they do beautiful. And others walk in and are like, yes, hi, give me my epidural now. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting to see in if you're so anxious, like we've seen a lot of women who are getting pap smears and they're clenching every muscle against mm-hmm. this metal speculum. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Morris will say like, you're not going to win against the speculum. Like you need to relax. It's going to make this so much better. So there really is like an anticipatory component of pain that really makes it worse and the anxiety and even what you're telling yourself. So if you're saying like, ouch, ouch, this hurts, this is going to be awful. This is so bad. Like I can't handle this. Then that can even make the pain seem worse, which is really interesting to think about just your own self-talk, how that can kind of feed into what you're experiencing. Sure. But we do need to, you know, let women know that they don't need to suffer in silence, that we know that they're strong, incredibly strong, right? But they don't have to be a superhero. Mm -hmm. And, and there definitely are things that we can do to make things more comfortable. And so some of the things that I do are always inform the patient, like particularly even on like a first annual exam or first pap smear for, you know, a young 21 year old. I always inform them first, show them what a speculum looks like, show them what's going to be done. So I think informing them is a huge piece of it, like in office leap procedures. Well, the leap machine is loud. There's smells involved, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't give that anticipatory guidance to your patients early on, they may do really bad with that. And I've had several patients tell me that they have PTSD from certain procedures. Mm-hmm. And so we never want that to happen. Also, if somebody's had trauma in the past, then that can make it very difficult for them to have exams. And so some of the things that I like to do are one, I always start with simply a Q-tip and examine the vulva and let the patient know before I even start that they're in control. Mm-hmm. They're in control of this exam and They can let me know if something is too painful or we need to stop. And I think giving them control is huge. And the other thing I do is have them take a big, deep breath to inhale because it naturally helps that pelvic floor to relax when I do insert a speculum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really cool what Dr. Moyers does of you just need a good relationship with your provider. And I think that's huge. If you're really anxious and you've had a previous traumatic event or bad pelvic exam that kind of made you not want to come to the OBGYN, you need to find a provider that's going to talk to you and make sure that this is your exam. And if there's anything about it that you don't like, we can stop. You are in control. It's your body. You don't have to just deal with it. All right. So you want to talk about the different types of pain that we can perceive? Yeah, sure. So there are 
a few types of pain, actually. So nociceptive pain, it's typically caused from like damage or inflammation to your tissues. And this is the kind of pain that's like sharp, aching, or throbbing. And so there's also neuropathic pain. And this is from whenever there's damage to the nervous system, which is saying, hey, that's painful. And so this, you could also have some burning, shooting, or stabbing pain. And then there's a third type of pain, which is called central sensitization. And it's really kind of like the other. It's when there's no really clear cause of what's being painful. There's no tissue damage or damage to the nervous system. It's just pain. So this is something you're going to see in like fibromyalgia patients where we're not really sure what is going on completely, but you are having some unexplained pain. Okay. Fair enough. So we talked a little bit about anxiety in the mental state and how that kind of plays in the mind body relationship already. Let's talk about some biases. Yeah. So I saw this really interesting study when I was researching for all of this and I just love reading all these studies, but it's in the National Library of Medicine and it's taking a bunch of primary care physicians, so just family med doctors, and they're asked to treat three fake patients. So one patient has a kidney stone, one has back pain, and the other one has sinusitis. And so they were kind of looking to see are certain genders or races not going to get as much or proper pain medication as others. And what they found was really interesting that the gender of the physician impacted the bias of treatment. Oh, tell me more. (laughs) Yeah. So it was talking about with this like hypothetical kidney pain, male physicians were going to prescribe twice as much hydrocodone to white patients than black patients. Mm -hmm. And then female physicians actually did the reverse. They were prescribing more to African-Americans than to white people who had the same kind of kidney pain, which I thought was really interesting. And then whenever you were talking about the hypothetical back pain patient, it showed that male physicians prescribed twice as much hydrocodone to male patients than to female patients. And then the female providers, they did the opposite actually. So they gave more pain medication to females. And so this is really interesting where it's talking about how your provider, if they're a male or a female, that might impact how you're getting pain control. So it's one of those things to keep in mind and as providers to also understand that you may have a bias and really make sure that you are treating the patient equally, regardless of race, sex, or any other factors going on so that you can have proper pain control. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And that makes me think about a lot of discussions that were going on on social media amongst providers earlier in 2022, specifically about how there was this misconception that Black women had fewer pain receptors or something mm-hmm. of that nature. And then that they um, therefore, you know, were under-treated and Mm -hmm. having Black OB guys speak out about this, I think was super powerful. But we know that there are racial disparities, particularly in healthcare and with pain treatment. And some of the studies show that Black patients are significantly less likely to be prescribed pain medication than generally, or I'm sorry, and generally receive lower doses when they are. So definitely something that we need to all be mindful of And if it's your loved one to help to advocate for them or advocate for yourself, I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons that we do this podcast is to bring you healthcare information so that you can live your best, healthiest life and be your own best healthcare advocate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And don't let anyone think that you're 
Don't think you are being whiny or weak or any of these things because pain is really real and it is subjective. So you need to advocate for proper care for yourself. You don't just need to stick it out. Yeah. I mean, that just makes me think of pregnancy. And so one of my colleagues, I saw them talking about using osteopathic treatment in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, I'm looking at all this information because I do that as well. And I thought it was really interesting that he talked about whininess. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like you are not being whiny. If you have ever been pregnant, it is incredibly uncomfortable. Your body goes through a lot of changes and like you, you are entitled to say when something hurts or is uncomfortable and whenever you need help and support. So I think that, you know, when you hear those type of biases, that's when you go, oh, okay, that's not the right doctor mm-hmm. for me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some of the common painful experiences of womanhood. Yeah, for sure. So we came up with just a little handful, but some of the things that we've seen or I've seen with Dr. Moyers this past month have been endometrial biopsies. So these are a procedure where you're getting a sampling of that endometrial tissue, which is the inside the uterus, and you're trying to rule out conditions such as endometrial cancer, typically if you're having some abnormal uterine bleeding. And so in putting this device through your cervix and into the uterus, it can be pretty uncomfortable. And so we even had some patients that were like, this is awful, worst thing I've ever done. And then some were like, okay, can I get a snack now? Like I'm over it. Like I'm done, but it can be painful. And so you can experience some cramping, sharp pain, or even some pressure during the procedure. And this is just a pretty common thing that happens in a guy in office and can be really, really painful. And then we were also talking about childbirth. I mean, it's a very natural process, but is known for being incredibly incredibly painful. painful. You are pushing an entire human out of your vagina and all these things of the contractions and the pressure in your pelvic floor. It's a really, really painful experience that women go through and deserves proper pain management. Right. And then IUD insertion is kind of along the same lines of an endometrial biopsy and in that we're going in through the cervix to the uterine body, essentially, mm-hmm. or to the uterine fundus. And they're highly effective forms of birth control. Mm-hmm. Some uh, of the progesterone IUDs have indication for heavy menstrual bleeding, specifically the Mirena. We love Mirena. But at the time of insertion, there can be cramping, sharp pain, feeling of pressure. Sometimes patients feel nauseous, lightheaded need to go to the bathroom. (laughs) There's a number of ways that we experience this pain, whereas some people do really well with it. Some individuals are going to do great and then others may be more anxious. And so I think it's really important too, as physicians to be mindful of that and know like if some people would not tolerate a certain procedure in the operating room or in the office and need to go to the operating room. Now, some of these things you're not going to go to the operating room because the cost would just be ridiculous. But for instance, like a cold knife comb versus a leap or a leap, which we've talked about before, that's one of those procedures for abnormal pap smears when we need to actually biopsy the entire portion of the cervix. It can be diagnostic and therapeutic. You can either do a cold knife cone or a leap. Leap is typically done in the office. I much prefer a cold knife cone, particularly based on the patient, right? So if I have an anxious patient, I am not going to do a leap in the office for them because I mean, yes, I could do a cervical block to help reduce their pain. Yes, I could give them an anti-anxiety medication, but typically it's going to be more than they want to handle and they would rather some anesthesia in the operating room. So, you know, that's, that's one that, you know, it's kind of clear cut which way you would go. All right. So then painful periods. Yeah. So 
painful periods, uh, the fancy word is dysmenorrhea. <laughs> and you can have two types. The primary is you just have really bad periods, but there's no cause behind it necessarily. They've always been painful yes. like from the first period. And then secondary dysmenorrhea is from some other conditions. So you might have endometriosis or fibroids or any of those other things that causes really painful periods. And it's really just the prostaglandins. So that's what's making your uterus tighten and relax and can really, really be painful for some people. And so this is just one of those things is people think, oh yeah, I have painful periods. Like it's life. I have to lay in the shower with hot water running over my belly because they hurt so bad or are missing school or missing your functions, you know, your sporting events or whatever it is, work, missing work several days a month, like Mm -hmm. not necessary. There are things that we can do for that. Yeah. And this is one of those things where some people might say, oh, come on, it's just a period. It's not that bad where women are really not given proper attention. Like there's like, oh yeah, take some pain medicine. Like you'll be fine. Try a heat pack when it can really be and ruining a lot of parts of your life. So, yeah. And there might be some underlying medical condition or, you know, another reason for that, you know, whether it's endometriosis or adenomyosis. Mm -hmm. So definitely something to get checked out and know that you don't have to suffer alone. Yeah. And then one of those things that most individuals probably don't talk about amongst friends is that's painful intercourse, which I know we talk about that a lot around here Mm -hmm. Um, as a member of the International Society for the Study of Women's Sexual Health. I am a a big proponent of like really asking the hard questions around sex. You know, are, are you able to achieve an orgasm? Um, Does it hurt when you have sex? Is that an entry or with deep penetration? You know, what do you think is the challenge around sex in your relationship? So there are there, it's definitely a a hot topic around here. Mm -hmm. Um, But painful intercourse is one of the most common reasons that postmenopausal women stop having sex. Mm -hmm. But there's a, a wide age range of individuals who have painful intercourse or painful, you know, opening the vestibulitis mm-hmm. or, you know, something of that nature, or even having the clitoral hood fused and having issues with um, pain or orgasm. And so take it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just adding to that one, it's really, I love how Dr. Moore's always says, whenever women are talking about this and they feel kind of like embarrassed and she's like, your body is smart. You're not going to want to do something that hurts. And so it's something that you need to talk to your provider about and feel comfortable because that's just a part of life and it's a part of relationships, and your overall health. So it's really nothing taboo that you shouldn't talk about. And there are a lot of ways that your provider can help you. Yeah. Cause it may be that it's something related to, it may be that there's a vaginal infection, mm-hmm. right? It may be that you have adenomyosis where the endometrial tissue has invaded into the uterus wall, the uterine wall, and that uterus is painful whenever it's hit or bumped. Mm-hmm. It may be that there's vulvar skin issues, right? And all of these have different treatment options available if we only talked about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some treatment options for some of these painful experiences we talked about. And we kind of touched on things for like the procedures in office of an IUD insertion or an endometrial biopsy. Typically, you're going to be advised to take some over-the-counter pain medication before to kind of help reduce the pain in those prostaglandins. You can also talk to your provider if they would be considering doing a block to reduce the pain. And this is one of those things that Dr. Mars has kind of talked about of 
Is the block going to be more painful than the actual procedure that only lasts a few seconds? So it's one of those things that it's worth having a conversation if you're extremely nervous about it. Mm -hmm. And for anxiety, since that really does play into your pain perception and experience, you can get an anti-anxiety medication sometimes Mm -hmm. that can kind of help calm you down and you can use these coping skills with the medication to be able to be a little bit more calm and handle it a little bit better. And then for these, it's also really important to have a good relationship with your provider. And so you would feel comfortable if you said, hey, this is too much for me. I need to stop, come back right. another day or something. Right. And to know that that would be respected mm-hmm. instead of just pushing on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for these also, it could be nice if the office allows it to have someone there with you, mm-hmm. your mom, your best friend, your partner, anyone there mm-hmm. to kind of hold your hand to be like, it's going to be okay. We'll get ice cream after this. You can do this. Like <laughs> it's good to have someone on your team and hopefully your providers on your team. But yeah, if you have someone else there, more the merrier. Yeah. Lauren is our gal. Who's like yes. everybody's best friend <laughs> and she's holding hands. Yeah. I, I've had patients ask like, do, do I get a balloon or a sucker <laughs> or like something? Um, yeah. Okay. And then you touched on the IUD and endometrial biopsy. And then obviously with childbirth, if you want to hear about pain control in childbirth, we have a podcast episode on that. I would have to look, I can put it in the show notes as to what that is uh, or what episode it is, but it's with our um, OB anesthesiologist. And so lots of great information that way. And then also, you know, just birth prep, like there is a gal in um, the Dallas Fort Worth area who does all the, I think it's called prep for birth or something like that, or train for birth. And she does all these classes to help women, you know, naturally kind of adapt. And, you know, some people are all about that. That's fabulous. You know, I showed up at the hospital nine centimeters puking everywhere. And I was like, give me my epidural. I want my epidural. So, um, and I never let that happen again. <laughs> Going earlier rather than later. Everybody is unique in, the, in this way and how they experience it. But now childbirth is painful. Yeah. Yeah. And then for painful periods, I mean, there is the typical things that you probably heard from your provider or your friend or your mom, where you can use heat pads, um, getting some exercise can actually be helpful to decrease those cramps or take a hot bath, do some relaxation techniques, whether it's yoga, meditation, or just going on a walk by yourself. But if all of those fail, you don't have to have just painful periods. You need to visit with your provider and see if there's anything underlying, like we've talked Mm -hmm. about. And if that is a situation, a lot of options are out there like hormonal birth control, the IUD, Mm -hmm. which can greatly reduce the painful periods and can even reduce bleeding as well. Yeah. I mean, that's my favorite thing. If we're not, if we're not trying to get pregnant, we don't have to have a baby, have to have a period. (laughs) Now I say that like, if you're having regular periods and they're painful and we want to take, do something about that fabulous, we've got tons of options and I wish birth control had a better name because it's got a long list of benefits outside of preventing pregnancy. So it's a great tool, but it is hormonal manipulation. But what I was going to say about that was that, you know, you can do, we talked about like a Motrin or a Tylenol or something of that nature, but there's also a medication called Lysteta. And this Mm -hmm. medication decreases the amount of bleeding in a daily, and it's non-hormonal. So there are some other options, but I love a good a good birth control pill. I mean, it does wonders. And a progesterone IUD specifically reduces the amount of bleeding, cramping, et cetera. Now it doesn't work for everybody. Mm -hmm. Some patients can't tolerate it for the most part. It's 
really, there's so many options out there that if one doesn't work for you, do not give up and don't say, oh, I just never could tolerate it. Well, there's just so many formulations now. So in any type of hormonal manipulation, if it's not working for you, it's either the dose, the formulation or the route. And so we can always work, work with that. Yeah, absolutely. And then for painful intercourse, this kind of depends on what the underlying cause is. So if you are in that perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause state, and you have low estrogen, vaginal dryness can cause really painful intercourse. Even in the postpartum period. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And it's one of those things where you're like, oh my goodness, what's going on? And maybe lubricants aren't completely doing it. And Dr. Morris said it a million times and I can quote this now. Estrogen to vagina is like collagen for your face. It lo- your vagina loves estrogen. So in adding that, you might be able to have lower risk of UTIs and help that tissue be the best it can be and give yourself the estrogen because it really can help. And then for painful intercourse, an infection can also cause that. So if that's the underlying cause, it can be easily treated with antibiotics. And that's something that you can really do pretty easily. And then if you do have a history of any trauma or anything like that, you can do a multidisciplinary approach where you bring in physical therapy Mm -hmm. or also counseling to kind of talk about what is going on there and get the help that you need because you don't have to live with painful sex for the rest of your life and not be willing to do it because it hurts. You don't want to do something that hurts. Right. And, and that. I mean, that could be an episode in of itself talking about painful intercourse, because Mm -hmm. if if the opening of the vagina is hurting, if the tissue around the vaginal opening is hurting, well, of course you don't have pain and that can be caused by low estrogen. It could be caused by, uh, it could be, you know, hormonally related, like if taking birth control, not just like postmenopausal, not having hormones on board, but also neuropathic pain. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's, it just, it takes a careful exam of the vulva and the vaginal opening and what's going on there. And I feel like in the past, it's always been like the vulva or like the curtain on the way to the big show and the cervix was the big show (laughs) all we were looking at. And so, you know, just recently taking this genitopelvic pain course with Ishwish has made a big difference in how I participate in, in my exam. Um, Not only in how I approach the patient, you know, and let them know I'm going to touch you and we're going to touch with the Q-tip first and you're in control of this exam, et cetera. But then also just in the detail in which I look at the vulva, I didn't used to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like oh, we're finding so many more things that the patient's unaware of and getting a mirror and showing the patient and educating mm-hmm. the patient about their own body is I think really powerful. Yeah. I think that's really important too, because you can't say, oh, my vagina hurts and just point to this broad area. Yeah, because the vagina is an internal organ. So typically we're talking about the vulva. Yeah. And so I love how Dr. Moyers takes it here and it's like, hey, this is this, this is the anatomy. And it's really important to know your body so you can properly advocate for yourself. Yeah. And I love when patients are like very specific about where it hurts and they're ready to show me with the mirror Mm -hmm. themselves. All right, let's talk about how to advocate for yourself as a woman, because we already know that there are biases involved and we don't want anybody thinking that we're whiny. Uh, We want to be able to to be informed and really advocate. Yeah, so I think it is really important to find a provider that you trust and you can have open conversations with and you wouldn't feel like they would make you out to be this whiny person. They would understand, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, yes, this is very painful. Let's figure out how we can manage it. 
So I think finding a great provider and also speaking up, and sometimes it is difficult, but you deserve to have pain-free sex. You deserve to have pain-free periods. And really your provider should want the best for you. And so they should be able to work with you and develop a pain management regimen that is your tailored toward you and what your goals are. Yeah, hundred percent. As you were saying that, I just kept thinking, oh, we deserve more. Mm-hmm. And I was in a like a mastermind meeting yesterday. And in that conversation, was talking about kind of my story and how I just believed after several years in practice, I was about five years in practice when I was like, is this it? Like, surely there is a better way for us to advance the health of women, right? Mm -hmm. Because I am not about just treating diseases and disorders, right? And you, I love women's stories. You are so much more than a disease or Mm -hmm. a disease process, or, you know, I want to be preventative. I want to be on the preventative end. We deserve better. We deserve more and women deserve a place to be heard and seen. And that's what we offer at Sky. So if you were in the Dallas Fort Worth area and um, you were experiencing any of this pain disorders that we are not disorders, but any of the painful periods or painful intercourse that we talked about, or you need to have a procedure done and you're just not quite feeling comfortable, we're happy to give you a second opinion or to see you as your primary provider. So if you have any additional questions or any podcast ideas that you want to hear, topics you want to hear more about, please send us an email at hello at Sky Women's Health and help me wish Madison good luck as she moves forward and applies to OBGYN residencies. Thanks. Until next week, be well. All right, Sky community. Thank you for listening to another episode. This episode was sponsored by Sky Women's Health. As a reminder, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and we help relieve back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy and beyond. If you are pregnant and having pain and you feel like you have no reliable way to relieve it, look us up at skywomenshealth.com, request an appointment, and we'll call to get you scheduled. As a board-certified OB-GYN with a Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine Fellowship, I help you realign with hands-on drug-free treatment and relieve pain on the spot without medication. We'll help you maintain these results through your pregnancy and postpartum period. Every pregnant person deserves this, and we are so excited to serve you. You can find us on our website, as mentioned, or on social at Sky Women's Health, or you can call the office at 817-915-9803. That's it for today. Until next week, be well.